All right, this is Kevin Walter of Love City Brewing Company, and you're listening to the Beer Mighty Things podcast. Welcome into the Beer Mighty Things podcast. It's what you listen to while you brew. It's what's in your ears as you drink beers. Today, we're welcoming in our first brewery owners of 2023. Uh, it's a fairly new brewery in the Lawrenceville neighborhood of Pittsburgh, about a year old now. Uh, please welcome in Katie Sullivan and Trevor Guerrero, co-owners of Coven Brewing. How y'all doing? Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on today. You're very welcome. Thanks for taking the time. I know it's kind of, you know, chaotic and the new year and figuring things out. So I uh, appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you're about a year old now, is that right? Or, or not even, not there yet? Just under, we are in our last quarter. Um, so April will be one year. Nice. All right. Well, congrats. Um, so you are not related. You're not married. Um, you are friends who started a brewery. You know, how, how did you two link up? We met while we were working at uh, Dancing Gnome that's also here in Pittsburgh. Um, so we had kind of a variety of different beverage jobs before. Uh, and then I think in 2019, I moved to Pittsburgh and started working at Dancing Gnome. And um, I was in production and Trevor was in front of house and we kind of like hit it off there. That's awesome. And what, at like, what point do you realize, hey, we can, we would be a good fit as business partners? Um, we had started doing some pilot batch stuff together, experimenting with different yeasts, with certain hops, specifically Southern Hemisphere. And we just started talking a lot about um, not only the beer we like to drink, but our views on the industry, mm. as well as kind of directions we'd like to see it go. Um, realized we were pretty fairly aligned, had a lot in common. Um, we got along in the workspace already, so we knew that. Um, and we were friends, we hung out outside of work as well. So we talked a lot about beer, um, drank a lot of beer, tried a lot of beer. Um, it seemed natural. Yeah. That was kind of like a, <laughs> I left that a kind of like a hard drop, but it, it seemed natural. Um, and things kind of like at first slowly started progressing and then very quickly when we uh, found out about this opportunity that we took advantage of. Yeah. And and you took over the old roundabout space and roundabout was, you know, always a kind of staple. I always heard it was, you know, every brewer or every brewery owner is a favorite brewery, right? They love Steve and, and his beers. And I met him. Uh, he had just gotten back from New Zealand. We talked about rugby a lot. And I think that's where he ended up moving back to New Zealand. Is that right? There's, uh, our understanding is they're kind of like in progress. I think okay. that they're in New Zealand as we're speaking right now. Okay. Um, but I believe they're still operating a beer garden pop-up um, on the north side of Pittsburgh. Oh, sweet. Okay. I, I think they're going to do that again next year. Um, it's sort of like a they're, they're like stepping into retirement, I think. <laughs> I would like to do that one day. That would be nice. Yeah, I can see why now. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh yeah, things are things are different uh compared to when when you know Steve started and even just five years ago it's been uh, very different. So all right, cool. I, I think it's really unique in, in how you two came together. I mean, what'd you meet? Like 2019? Yeah. 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 We um I, I think too, like we had both prior to meeting each other had some sense that we wanted to have our own business someday. Yeah. Um and when roundabout came up for sale in i think july of 2021 um uh 
we had been having like some really early conversation about starting a brewery together, but we weren't like, we weren't at a stage yet of like having a fully formed business plan or, or talking to any kind of investors or lenders or shopping for spaces. Like we weren't doing any of that. It was just kind of like a, like, let's start exploring this. And then, um, this opportunity came up and we were sort of like, well, this is like just right here in the face. It's pretty like low budget in comparison with what we know could be spent. Uh, and let's just see if we can pull it off. Um, and kind of figuring like, there's really not much to lose. Like if, you know, it didn't happen, then we would learn a lot. And if it did, then we would kind of like skip a lot of steps in a way. Um, so here we are. That's cool. Okay. <laughs> and you two are kind of both like Maryland and Virginia, like Trevor, you were at triple crossing for a while. Right. And yeah, um, I'm originally from up here, but okay. I spent about uh, probably a little over four years in Richmond. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm from Maryland. Um, yeah. and, uh, actually moved to Pittsburgh from Baltimore because, uh, my husband, um, is working at UPMC. Okay. Yeah, I just, it's so, I don't know. I feel like there's just something there where you two somehow found each other. Yeah, weirdly enough, we actually, um, we realized this a couple years ago. We almost ended up in the same college illustration, like, class. Like, would have been same year, same classes, everything. Well, you took Um, a different round. You went, you went sculpture. uh, Yeah. I didn't um, know that was a, I didn't know that was like a a path you could take. (laughs) I don't know that it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Given that I'm like talking to you from a brewery now, but yeah. uh, uh, I think it what appealed to me about so I ended up going to a state school instead. Um, and uh, but I think it's funny that we like could have also like met yeah. years and years before. 10, 15 years. Ago. Well, you guys yeah. were supposed to meet for some reason, you know. Uh, yeah, I remember you saying when we were talking about it, when we realized that you were like we could have been friends, dog, and I was like, we are friends, dog. <laughs> um, but I think what so I went to a like state liberal arts school. Is that something uh, like that? Yep, St. Mary's College in Maryland, okay. and um, I think in those smaller, like unlike an art school where the majors are more specific, like if you're in illustration, you're in illustration or painting or like they're very disciplinary graphic design. Um, The art program at that school was just sort of like, we have professors who are, have specialties, but you're just going to kind of do whatever you want to do. And then at the end of the program, you can kind of say like, Oh, I was a sculpture major. Um, (laughs) But uh, it was probably less like sculpture specific than had I done that at an art school. Um, and I think what kind of always resonated with me with art education was that I could kind of like have an idea, bring it into life. And then like, it has another life outside of me, like it goes into the world. Um, and I see a lot of like parallels to that now, um, where like, I was very self-directed in school too, like of just kind of like, here's the thing I want to make. And then like, it's on you to create that and manage your time and manage a project. Um, and uh, I think I ended up doing installation sculpture because it was basically like creating environments, which I still sort of 
think is yeah. relevant to like what I do now yeah. um, versus just kind of like, here's one picture. Um, and then you also leave it open to interpretation, right? I mean, you have your thought about it when you made it. And then once you have this final product, be it a sculpture or some art piece or beer, it's up to the person who is now viewing it or tasting it to decide their thoughts on it. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you get to share the thing that you made with somebody else and it has its own relationship to them. Um, I think that's always kind of been part of my life and creative output. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. And then Trevor, I mean, so you're, you're in Virginia, you're down there, um, you're playing lacrosse. Uh, and I don't know if, you know, I would definitely, if anybody has that Google machine out there, but Google, you find pictures, Google Trevor (laughs) Greer lacrosse and do your (laughs) hair. Your we hair to, is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. We used to take really, so we were in art school, but we would play a lot of the um, SEC and ACC colleges that don't have higher level lacrosse programs. We would play them in our division. So we would play like every year we'd play Clemson and Miami. Okay. <laughs> um, so we would play all these really big football schools. Yeah. And they knew we were just a small art school in Savannah, Georgia. And so we would take the goofiest pictures for Team Picture Day on purpose. <laughs> and then, terrific. And they're still on the internet for some reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure are. Your hair is terrific, man. I, I don't know. How you, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Your hair is still awesome. Mustache and all, man, you're crushing it. <laughs> I love it. Cool. So you guys both like to get messy. And then what? Do you guys have that conversation? Like you talk about art at some point or how does that you know, you're brewing beer and you're, Hey, we almost went to the same school or what, like what happens? Like you both are into art illustration, getting messy, building, creating, curating. Yeah. I, uh, I think those things kind of ebb and flow through natural conversation. Um, like they'll work their ways in and out naturally. Okay. Or just like, as we experience things, we spend a lot of time together. Um, so as we experience things throughout the day, we speak a couple very similar vocabularies, whether it's like a design vocabulary or like specific mm-hmm. to beer or our brewery or breweries we've worked at. Um, so communication is pretty easy for us just because we have such similar backgrounds yeah. and interests. So a lot of that stuff just kind of works in and we kind of can like cross correlate. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I don't know that we have like specific conversations like about art but um we do often like we'll be we're we're big instagram people um because i think we're both visual and so like we've always like been like love scrolling be like oh this is a nice picture and like we'll talk about like oh i like how they're taking this photo or um it's also just like a for both of us i think a way to like see what other people are making and doing and like whether that's mostly beer, but also like events. And so like, it's kind of cool, but like, Oh, I see this brewery, like put these ingredients together. I think that's interesting to do like a tea New England IPA. Um, Like we've been talking about tea, like what, and then it kind of like spins off into like just sort of different creative ideas, like with that little bit of inspiration that I think we both kind of have similar sources for that in some ways. Um, We also, uh, Trevor mostly doesn't, but we both do our label art. I was going to ask. And uh, I think it's kind of funny because we sort of share like collage material. 
Um, yeah, you got a pretty, pretty nice library built yeah. up of um, <clears throat> books and editorials and magazines. Or sometimes, like I'll see a a book of that like wouldn't really be something that I would make a collage out of, but I'm like, Trevor needs this. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what you know what he would like. Okay. Yeah, like I got this. Uh, uh, what was it? It was a photo book of the Versailles uh, Gardens and all the seasons. It was yeah. like broken up into four chapters. It was actually great. A lot of our labels have come from inspiration from that book. Yeah. And I was just like, Trevor needs this book. It's like very dramatic sculptures and stuff. So yeah, your bear levels are terrific. And your Instagram photos are awesome. And that's how I am. I love Instagram. And then I use LinkedIn. I don't, you know, I'm not a Facebook guy and that sort of thing. I'll, so I like to just scroll through and see photos. And a lot of times, you know, just even the most simple picture of your beer, it's like, it's pretty, like, it's nice, and I want to drink that. Thank you. Yeah, and we, we've definitely thrown most of our energy at Instagram, I guess, for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, like Katie said, both pretty visual people. Um, well, and also, like, I think it, we, we've even, like, verbalized this specifically to each other before. Like, we care a lot about, like, the liquid, and uh, we want it to be presented nicely. Um, because you, I don't think that beer stands by like no one's going around with a blindfold tasting anything. Right. So um, I think it's the the whole experience of things should be at the quality that liquid is. Yeah. Uh, it, we want it to all like meet. I agree. Yeah, your labels are certainly unique. It's really cool. I urge anybody to take a look. Awesome. Cool. Katie, I, I did a little bit of digging on you and it seems like before you kind of started the brewery, maybe even before you're brewing, you were home brewing, um, doing kombucha type stuff. And, but I'm curious about kimchi. I've had kimchi like once or twice, but it seems like you've, you've got recipes out there. You've done some things on, you know, how to do it, how not to do it. So like, how, how'd you get into kimchi? Uh, it's, yeah. Um, I feel like I just sort of like fell into that. And then that became like professionally became beer. Um, I did have a job years and years ago. This was like my first like fermentation job um, where I worked at this business where we made kombucha, but we also made kimchi and sauerkraut and just like other live culture foods. Oh, healthy food too. Yeah. It's kind of like, I've seen this business model like crop up there's in various places where it's sort of like probiotic foods and they'll sell like kombucha, kimchi, sauerkraut. Um, and I, I think I like maybe had tried it before working there, like to make it. Um, uh, there was one summer where I lived at a place where we had a big garden and I think I just like had a bunch of cucumbers once and made pickles and then just sort of like, was like I'm gonna pickle everything, and so <laughs> nice. started like a this sketch like um, from uh, Portlandia. It's like I can pickle that, um, yeah. and I think I had tried kimchi like in that t- like making kimchi in that time of just like sure, here's another thing I'll try. Um, but uh, while I was um, working at that business, uh, Hex Ferments is still open in Baltimore. Um, okay. We had a couple established recipes there, uh, but I was also just like consuming information about all sorts of different Korean fermentations or related like cabbage fermentations or different vegetable, like traditional foods. Um, And 
also getting really into like urban foraging and canning and preserving my own food and like buying stuff locally from the farmer's market. So I think like I'm still in the rabbit hole. Um, but, uh, Kim to you just, it's, I'm really interested in all those different fermentation methods. Um, and I've kind of settled on a few that I make at my, like a few specific recipes that like I keep on hand at my house. Um, uh, there's over the years, I've tried like a ton of different pickles and jams and whatever chutneys and I've settled on like, okay, me and my husband, Jake, like we're going to eat like these five things. So I'm going to make like these five things and every now and then I'll try something new, but, um, there's been times where we've ended up with like a case of like lacto fermented curry okra that both of us were just like, I don't want that anymore. Like I ate like, <laughs> half a jar and I'm done. <laughs> uh, is chutney so, fermented? Um, no, but like sometimes fermentation people are like, you can ferment anything, which is true. That doesn't necessarily mean it's like something you want. Mean you should. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I'm still really interested in, uh, like, so I, I have like two gallons of kimchi at my house right now. It's like just something that like we always have on hand to eat. Um, I make like usually about a gallon of miso every year. Um, I'm really interested in, uh, learning more about like the Korean and Japanese and Chinese, like rice alcohol fermentations. Um, but both, I haven't come across a lot of English language, like, okay like information yeah yeah even like there's some very basic like homebrew books like american written homebrew books from like the 80s about like this is how they make it in a factory in japan Mm -hmm. um but it doesn't i haven't come across it's not to say it doesn't exist but like a lot of like ways to adapt that process to Mm -hmm. american equipment or like um not a very rigorous like uh traditional sake manufacturing process right right. um that and then also like i think uh i would be really interested to see what those things are like but from a business perspective i think it would be a very like uphill battle to get people to connect with that if it wasn't like a very niche business. Like I'm aware of like, I think it's called Brooklyn sake. Yeah. As I said, there's a New York sake place that just. Yeah. And there's like a, um, I'm going to butcher it, but a Korean based company, I think also in Brooklyn called, I think Hannah Macagioli. Um, I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly. Um, but I've had a couple of things from those producers that were really awesome, but like that, that's their whole business focus. I wonder if Um, that all, I mean, it seems like, I've been hearing talks about sake becoming more of a thing. And, you know, it is the, I think it's the alcohol with the least amount of calories. So I wonder if we move towards a more healthy lifestyle type of thing, that that becomes more of a thing. I don't know. Okay. It's delicious. I remember reading something that like, it's not imported super widely in the States because it falls into like a weird tax class with our alcohol laws. Um, uh, Because Typically, it's like higher alcohol than beer, but it's a grain ferment, so it's like in a weird space. Okay, so it's almost like a distilled spirit and a beer kind of combined in a way. In a weird way. Yeah, heated up. But, I mean, it's definitely really tasty. I think yeah. that's my biggest interest in it. It's just like it's another thing to 
like another, it's like a whole other set of colors that I don't even know how to use. <laughs> Maybe one day uh, you'll peel back that onion. Yeah. Cool. So coming back to uh, brewing at Dancing Gnome, uh, new production space, all new equipment, and then coming over to your space now, are you ready for the dairy tanks? Um, I... That was a sharp transition, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I think there's a little 10-barrel kit at the original Dancing Gnome that really is um, – like, it's better than what we have here in terms of, like, efficiencies and uh, it's easier, but the flow is kind of the same. Um, so that – kind of prepared me to work on the equipment that's here okay. and it's really working here like brewing here is not as uh hard as i thought like i was really like mentally prepared to like it was gonna be crazy weird um but it's it's not that bad it's just kind of like busy um because okay. nothing is hard piped together so like just a lot of moving hoses from like this tank to that tank to okay. back to this tank um get your steps in yeah, for real. Uh, but I, uh, the, I personally, I kind of found like the big production brewery boring. Like it was, um, I'm glad that I, I did that. I know what that's like. I was interested to like learn how that yeah. kind of works, but, um, pushing buttons on a screen is just like, sometimes my back would like that, I think, but, True. um, it was sort of, I didn't really feel like I was doing anything. Yeah. Trevor, did you, I'm sorry, Trevor, did, did you brew at uh, Triple Crossing? No, I would help out with some cellar work. I, I still was tasting manager down there as well. I would, um, I did a lot of packaging brewing work. Okay. I, they have multiple breweries now. At the time they had one when I first started there and then they opened the second location, I think within six months of me joining the team, maybe over, maybe around a year, but I would go in. I was very interested in it. Um, I would pick up some seller duties whenever I could, but at one point I just realized I, I wasn't fully sold on making the transition to back of house um, and just stayed front of house up there and then eventually moved back to Pittsburgh got it up with dancing down. Um, so I think it all worked out in the end. Trevor's a good people person. He What's that? Like, he's a good people person. He's a good like entertainer. Got to keep him up front. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like you, it's the mustache. Um, <laughs> it's the hair. Huh? <laughs> it's very uh, welcoming. <laughs> but for real, like I, I like, he like really sparkles with other people in a amazing way. But like, if you're welcoming somebody to your, space that's an awesome person to have kind of like out front i would say you know? i mean you know when i stopped by a couple months ago to visit you guys i mean trevor was like i'm gonna take you around i'm gonna show you this place show you what we do here try this take, take you know it was definitely a fun memorable experience awesome. do, you both, do you both do the brewing now together or do you kind of separate duties a little bit yeah it's pretty much all me in the back um trev helps out with like packaging and solo work here yeah. too um, but, uh, I'm like our only production okay. person. Nice. All right. Very cool. Do you collaborate on the recipes? I mean, I'm assuming you're talking through some things and again, you have some of the same lingo and, you know, yeah. Um, we, 
we try to meet weekly, usually on Mondays. Um, some stretches are more consistent than others, sure. but we'll kind of look at like zoom out. How's our board look right now versus our upcoming schedule? What kind of styles would we like to see on the board? What are we kind of missing? And all right, here's some gaps in the schedule. We can add some things that are a little more flexible. We'll kind of like just arrive at some ideas together. Um, Katie will go write the recipes. Or if I write one and hand it off, she'll tweak it, perfect it, make it uh, work. But um, yeah, and now that we're like nine months old, we've started to bring back a couple beers. So when that's the case, we kind of know what to expect and a little easier planning when we've got a product already. Or like um, uh, kind of back to just like seeing something else and having ideas. Like I think it's, we have used a few um, different like events or collabs as a reason to like try something, like kind of come up with a new idea. And we'll usually sort of like noodle on that together. Like um, uh, we like did our first sour IPA for Halloween um, uh, and like kind of like put that together with like beers that we both liked and were interested in. Um, so I think we definitely like talk about like, uh, even if it's down to like, okay, like we've done a bunch of like Southern hemisphere hops lately. Like, like here's what I'm thinking of mixing in American wise, like um, that kind of thing. Seems like you too. I mean, you enjoy the creative process and I feel like, Talking about it together sparks new ideas, sparks new energy, probably gets you excited to brew the next batch uh, to, to host the next event. Yeah, coming up with like coming up with the beer ideas and brewing is like my favorite part. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I live on those days. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So if anyone's ever been to the roundabout space prior to taking over, it had a certain aesthetic. And now that you know Coven Brewing is there. It's different. So what, what did you tweak? What can one expect when they walk into your tasting room? I feel like you were pretty responsible for kind of cozy the design of this. Yeah, we, it's cozy. We knew, so we had the uh, benefit of knowing the space pretty well before moving into it. It was already built out as much as it was going to be more or less this, this, these couple little rooms here are framed out. They are what they are we weren't doing a full renovation project. We were just like modifying and updating a lot of the stuff. Um, so we knew it was small. We knew it was going to be intimate and we didn't want to really fight that. So we pretty much tried to just lighten it up as much as we could. Um, we landed on a color palette that I don't think we initially thought we would have, but I feel like it kind of works. We've got a lot of like really soft, not quite pastel pinks, but lighter pinks, and then a really nice dark green, like maybe a pool hall green. Okay. Um, uh, change green, the like on a, like a billiard table green. Yeah, maybe maybe a little darker than that, but kind of that that dark blue green vibe. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> other than that, we uh, we changed the shape of the bar a little bit, redid the top of it, redid the bottom of it, and then added a couple bars. I think the biggest hit has been this bar we're sitting at right now. We put right in front of the, we have like three big windows that span the front of the building and we threw a window bar there and that seems to get a lot of use. Um, yeah. We, just good people we watching street. Kind of yeah. wanted, like, it's a small space here, um, but 
uh, we wanted it to be like, kind of like bring more light in um, to how this like felt kind of like, just felt kind of like tight to yeah. us in here. Yeah. And maybe that's being like new people coming into an existing space also, right. but yeah. um, make it lighter, make it sort of like softer and cozier. And I think that that is like, um, also just uh, not a hugely specific thread in like our like visual marketing, but like uh, definitely something I think that's sort of like, we want to just feel kind of like welcoming and soft. Um, yeah, we, I think we looked at a lot more when we were looking for like inspiration and motivation for what to do with the space up front. I found at least myself looking more at like cafes and lounges than other breweries, which I think typically, I think if you ask the average person to describe a brewery, you'd either get like extremely modern, sleek, minimalistic, or extremely industrial. And I, I don't even think we landed in the middle of that. I think we're on like a different plane. Um, yeah. And we don't have that big industrial space or industrial equipment, really. It's like, it definitely is a brewery in the production space, but um, it's very like, uh, I think I would say this of roundabout and it's also true of things that have come online in our production space since moving in. It's like, um, it's very personal back there because it's not just a purchased like kit. Um, it's like every tank, like, uh, I don't know where they're all from, but like every tank is from like a different older brewery. And all have um, their own their own stories and personality. Yeah, and like they're not they weren't all purchased together. They're from different years and like uh everything is like a very intentional, like, okay, like maybe this is exactly what anybody else would buy, but like they're one at a time, or like, oh, I think I'm gonna make this work, or I'm gonna kind of build this. I've I've like rebuilt a lot of things um uh back there, like with help from other people, but like our draft lines, our glycol lines, like I've touched everything there. Like no one installed it for us. Um, a lot of different things are like, now I have, fortunately, our HVAC uh, guy on speed dial. Um, <laughs> hey, but you, gotta, it, you gotta know who they are. Yeah. Anyway, it feels like very like intimate to me back there. Um, and I think that for a brewery, that's kind of strange. Yeah. Um, but I do think that carries over into our tap room space. Almost like just like that. how we feel about it. Who's the guy who created Frankenstein? <laughs> it's like you got your all your different pieces come together to make these beautiful beers in this this you know terrific space. Okay. Oh, very cool. So Trevor, you just mentioned some of the things that you kind of modeled your tasting room after. Uh you mentioned the word cafe. Um when mm-hmm. I had, you know chatted with you prior you had mentioned that you know you like the hazy ipas you like some of the the saisons and all these different beers that you know you brew and you have brewed but you also mentioned the term cafe beer um and i've had i think it was was broken nostalgia something like that um uh nostalgia yeah that was the first one we had to release so so talk to me about what a cafe beer is or what it means or what your thoughts are there Um, it's a phrase we've kind of adopted and started to use not, not as much in the recent months. Um, and we've described it to our guys and to customers that come in 
broadly as an idea more than a specific style. At their core, the beers that we designate as our cafe beers will be flavor-driven and idea-driven beverages that are beer, but draw inspiration and technique from other practices, potentially, um, usually culinary. Um, this was Katie's idea initially. I, I don't know if you'd like to add anything to that. I imagine probably. Yeah. Talk to me about yeah. like some of the certain ingredients or, or a way that it's made that makes it unique to them. So I, I think in my mind, it's kind of beers that do kind of start with a traditional base. So uh, Brow Nostalgia was a beer to guard. Um, but then, or that's like where it started. Um, but then I added, uh, some vanilla. Um, I don't remember exactly the malts that I, I used, but it was slightly different from like, if you just looked at, you know, recipes for beer to guard. Um, uh, and I, I think that that is kind of, I don't think we ended up calling. Um, I also made over the summer, uh, started as kind of a Belgian wit beer. Um, but I like nitpicked with the yeast a little bit and I like added some tea to it. And, uh, and I think like pistachios, um, it was like, yeah, it was nice. I, it was, it was an, it was a rose and orange peel tea and pistachio. Wow. And I was kind of modeling on the flavor combination off of a, there's this cake called a Persian love cake that has rose water and pistachios and like orange blossom water. Um, so, or an idea I haven't done is um, like kind of an English mild base okay. with like maybe like a, a coffee or an oolong tea. Um, so in my mind, they're things that do have a basis like in a traditional style but um, I wouldn't go to someone and say, like, this is an English mild. Yeah. It's not. Um, it's an English mild with tea. Yeah. Um, but then I guess I just was sort of feeling like I didn't want to describe things that way. Like, they're more like um, something, a similar experience to, like, having a latte is, like, what right, something, is something you would get in a cafe almost. Yeah, I also like, feel like you met you know your your taste room there feels like that coziness of almost like a coffee shop, but you know stubs field, you know brewery. I don't know. Yeah, so like something that you could, I think what where my head was at was like you could have this and not think too hard about it, um, and it would be enjoyable. Or if you were interested in kind of like picking out more flavors, there'd be something there. Yeah. Um, so just sort of like a, a comfortable beer. It's is. interesting because I could see behind me the off-centered leadership book. I just finished that over, you know, in December, the newer book from Sam with Dogfish. And, you know, again, it kind of seems like that's what you're doing is a little bit of these off-centered um, styles of beer that are combining styles, combining food, combining different cultures, um, putting it in your glass. I think it's really neat. Yeah. I think that's what always interests me is like, I wouldn't, try to claim that I'm like reinventing the wheel, like making all new beer, like everything I do is different. You're curious. Um, but, You're curious. Um, but I kind of like, I don't, I don't find it very interesting to just copy something. Right. Um, or and that might be a little harsh. Like uh, I'm just not super, I don't need to have my version of something that's been perfected for a hundred years or more. Um, I think I want to make 
really refined beer, but uh, I like putting things together that I want to see how they fit. Absolutely. Um, not just kind of say like, okay, like next time the lager is going to be clear. Like that doesn't inspire me. Right. Um, so cafe beer is sort of like a category to play in for me, I guess. Okay. Makes complete sense. I love it. That's just unique and different. And I love that. It's just funny because I come from, you know, a little bit of that artistic mind as well. Um, and I just love that you're kind of tinkering with things and trying new things and, you know, not saying, all right, well, this has to fall within these guardrails. Um, let's see if we do this. Or what if we go a little off, you know, off to the left or to the right and see, see how this plays. And then, yeah, I'm excited for, you know, what else you guys have to uh, come down the pike. Is there, is there any other kind of flavors or ingredients that you haven't tinkered with that you're interested in? My like, I don't know. I have, there's no timeline on this because again, I think it's like, uh, I'm not quite sure how this would land with folks, but, um, a project I'm really interested in long-term is kind of using, uh, Koji fermentation in sake techniques to make alcohol out of like local grains, like bloody butcher corn or like, um, uh, Deer Creek Mall is growing a nice like sorghum yeah. uh, that I think that will that's never going to be like a huge like business priority here well never never say never but like I just kind of see that as being a lot of translation for like drinkers yeah. to be like okay so this isn't beer but it is grain and it's made out of a whole other thing and like um, almost like an ancient Style, yeah, I get, I, I'm just piloted a. It was an IPA with the Koji. Koji. Um, I did a West a small batch years ago. I did a West Coast um, IPA where a significant part of the fermentable was like a rice Koji, which is an ingredient in sake. Um, it was really cool, but I don't know how to make like. I have no idea how to make that on like a bigger than 10 gallon scale. Um, But that's something that interests me a lot is like what flavors are out there that like you could make that just haven't been made yet. Oh, I like, hopefully they'd be good. I kind of don't see why not, but like just be different. And that, that I think is really fascinating to me. I love it. Where does the name Coven come from? We get this a lot. Um, I guess I wasn't expecting to be as polarizing a name, but maybe that's good. I don't think it's polarizing. Um, it's just people are interested in it. Fair. Um, I, I guess I just wasn't expecting to get asked as much, but maybe people just ask names, um, origin stories. Yeah, people are interested in it. Uh, in short, Katie and I each kind of had a name picked out um, for the when I ever open up brewery, this is what it will be called. Um, neither of us really cared for each other's names. And so we just kind of sat down, spent maybe an hour to two hours, not not a horrible long time, but worked backwards. Like, what what do we want this name to represent? What vibe do we want? Um, and kind of constructed the aura around the name, and then landed on a name that we thought did a good job of representing those things we were looking for. Um, like, we wanted it to represent, but like. A gathering space, first and foremost, um, where people could feel like included or they were part of a group. Um, 
I think we also specifically wanted like a single word, maybe two to three syllables at most. Um, and we landed on Coven. I think we both let that resonate for a second and then we were both sold on it pretty well. Yeah, I think I like also that it has a connotation that's like slightly female and slightly magical. Um, I don't feel a need to like lean super heavily onto those things as like a theme. Yeah. Um, but I do like that it feels a little different for what you might associate with like a brewery. Yeah. I love it. I, yes. Are y'all witches? Either of you witches? No witchcraft? No, uh, but I do know some witches. <laughs> yes. I love that on some of your posts. You're like, hey, good afternoon, witches. I just think of like Lady okay. Gaga and her monsters. You know, you got to follow yeah. it. We do, we do like saying that sometimes. It's fun. Yeah. Instead of bitches, you say witches. Yeah. What I do know, some, that? do know some actual witches. You do? Yeah. How, how does that come about? Uh, I don't know. I haven't really asked. I haven't gone mm-hmm. to the meetings. Okay. I think they've offered to have some here. They have offered to have some meetings here. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't know yet. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. I feel like it fits with all your, your different uh, brew tanks. They're all from different places and you know, there's some witchcraft going on. Then it would be a legit coven. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's close. That's cool. <laughs> awesome. You guys throw an epic Halloween party. How'd that go? Tell me a little bit about that. Street closures and all that. Yeah, that was fun. Um, for those that didn't see the post, unfamiliar with us, maybe we basically did um, a Halloween event. We called it trick or treat. Looking forward to doing this every year. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were kind of like, if there's if there's a holiday that we're gonna go hard for, you have it to. should be Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, a couple of food trucks. We closed the side street down. Um, a couple of DJs, a band. We did a witch costume contest. Um, we, the thing that had the most momentum going into this was we did a scary, we did a spooky movie bracket where I put up 32 Halloween or scary movies and let people vote on Instagram. And now we were going to watch it at the end of the night from 10 to midnight. And we we're going to let everybody, we we're going to let the people decide every, if I didn't post them, people were like, where's the bracket? Where's the next round? Nice. People were super invested, and then not a single person watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody was talking. Including, including some people that stayed during that time yeah. that had been, like, really into voting for the movie. Yeah. Like, they were just like, ah, nah. Like, yeah. <laughs> just gonna... <laughs> I guess, well, they were there to talk to each other and hang out, right? I mean, they were there. Yeah. Which we get. I think next year we're just going to, like, project the movie on the side of the building and play without sound. Yeah, like, so you can just do it. Yeah, put it on mute and throw it up there. Um, we, we were also able to do a couple of really cool collaborative beers for the day. We did a couple of special beers in-house. Um, we kind of just threw everything we could think about it. And we did a mixed four pack of, um, we had four uh, releases that day. Um, and we did a mixed four pack of like, they were all different styles, uh, kind of thinking being that it was like trick-or-treating. Oh, yeah. Um, and so you could like get the wow. one of each of those four beers. Um, and they were all like a pretty big creative lift, um, like fruited sour IPA and like a like adjunct to cream ale and an imperial stout and like um tiki cocktail sour. Tiki cocktail sour, yeah. So it was fun. Um uh 
I think it was neat for us to kind of like have both a event that was like really fun. Um, but also, uh, like definitely had a little bit of like a creative stamp on it in a lot of ways. Um, and we were hoping to, I think it was more successful than we thought it would, would or could be. Um, but we also kind of like are hoping to set that up as something that we do every year and it can kind of grow into like maybe a mini beer festival or like we conceptualize it as something that can expand yeah, if we want theme, to. You can definitely build on it. It gives you probably some energy to be creative and, and think through some, you know, what can we do? And you're engaging with the consumer right on Instagram. They're bugging you. Hey, put the post up. What's going on? Like yeah. they, they want to know, they want to be a part of it. And that's, I think that's really unique. That's kind of hard to get people to engage um, with so many other distractions online. I think you guys are doing a great job there. Yeah. And we heard from a lot of people after that they had a ton of fun. So like both a lot of guests and also like vendors and bands. So that was awesome. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. I guess we, uh, permanent hangover came by, set up a booth. They had like a little lounge area. That was fun. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, it was cool. It was fun. I'm glad people enjoyed it. Um, I think we've thought of a couple, I haven't thought about this in a while, but like a week or two after we sat down and thought of what can we add? What can we change? I think next year should be equally as fun. Maybe a couple new things for people. Um, but yeah. cool. What are you two looking forward to here in uh, 2023? Um, you know, in the industry and in life, maybe with your canning line. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think consistency. We've, I think, dealt with some of the roller coasters ups and downs a lot in the first nine months um <clears throat> and i think just like trying to hone in on what is going to set us up to be the most consistent to deliver i think we've done a good job of delivering a consistent product to consumers but to be able to do it on a more consistent schedule in more consistent formats would be great um i basically just stole brew gentlemen's MO. I think for years they've said more beer to more people in more ways. Right now that seems really like a good idea. <laughs> so uh consistency for me would be great. Um at this point, every season is still our first time in that season. Yep. So going into next spring, we'll have a little bit more of an idea of what to expect, how to operate it, um, things we'd like to change for the warmer weather. And yeah, I, I think, I think we keep the, trying to want to be like, we're keeping like, we need to make a schedule and then like make a schedule and then we sort of do it for a couple of weeks and then something changes or breaks. or, or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, I, I think that's been like, we've learned a lot and we have built like a lot of resilience, but I would also love to be able to feel like my plan our like our plan for like the next month is going to just mostly happen the way that we think it's going to happen yeah <laughs> as opposed to like constantly adapting i think we've done a good job at but it's it's hard to get information to others or like to bring somebody else on when we are changing on a dime so often or so frequently um our team has been like super supportive and really great about dealing with and helping us deal with everything that's been thrown at us as a company. Yeah. Uh, but we recognize that consistency would definitely make everybody's life a little easier and like allow us to grow and focus on some other areas as well. So mm -hmm. that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, 
beer style-wise, I I think we're both excited. We've got something in barrels currently, and we're about to throw a couple more barrels to rest. Um, one or two of those might be ready next year, but I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I, the the way the IPA has gone lately, I've been super, super into. I thought they've always been great, but I think we've kind of, Katie's done a great job of like, tweaking that just enough before going overboard or not doing enough. It's, yeah. I think it really landed in like more a oats. really yeah. happy spot <laughs> lately. Um, and they've been received pretty well. So that's always great. But like, just from our standpoint, I think we're really happy with the, where those are sitting. Yeah. It's cool to feel like uh, I've, I've been proud of the beer the whole time, but it is cool to feel like, Oh, it got better. Um, and you know, I hope that keep continues. Um, uh, I think consistency would help me focus on like more minutia that I would like to, um, like, okay, well, like I'm going to do some trials on my dry hopping schedule, um, that most people wouldn't notice, but like, um, I've made, I have made here and there, like some small changes to certain styles that I've been like, we we've been like, Oh, like we like this more. And then, uh, we'll see that reflected in like, uh, reviews. Like if people like untapped a little, or like people that come in, like they don't maybe know why, but they'll be like, Oh, this one is good. Mm. Um, and that's kind of cool to like, see, like, I know I did something and then it resonates in a, um, yeah, it's, it's tangible. It's, justified might be too strong of a word these are the things we're doing are like calculated um like i'm like i want more cream like Uh, but it's it's nice to see it's working and that we're just not like sometimes i think there can be a disconnect between where the industry is as drinkers and where the consumers as drinkers um i remember in like 2017 i was like man in a couple years all the consumers are going to want nothing but lager and i was like this is cool i really enjoy drinking lager um, I'm having a little bit of a hot burnout right. and sure enough, there's lager everywhere. And I'm like, come on, don't you just want hazy IPAs? Come drink these. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. Cause like, uh, I, I think like, uh, I, I have a hard time. Like people will be like, Oh, I really like the new IPA. Like then they don't even necessarily say tons about it. Like what'd you do? And then I'll just kind of be like, okay, here's my whole hopping schedule. And like Trevor, <laughs> Be like no, no, <laughs> stop talking. Because um, I'm like, and then that changed my oath percentage. I'm like, um, that's funny. People are like, what but, are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's why we don't put me up front that much. Because like, <laughs> um, but uh, I do uh, like. I am kind of like. There's some things I'd like to just sort of like noodle on, and um, I feel like whenever I've been able to put energy into like finer points of things. Um, it usually kind of pays off in a way that we're happy with. Um, I'd like to, I'm slowly adding like, uh, some barrel projects here and there. Um, I, I think people are interested in that, but it's like a, a kind of a niche thing. Um, and Uh, more mixed firm barrels. At least in this area, I think people are pretty comfortable with the stouts aged and the barley wines aged and whiskey and bourbon barrels. Um, 
Yeah, and I haven't started any of those, but I'd like to. I might fill a barley wine barrel soon. Yeah. Um, I think those are really neat, but it's also like the learning curve for me is slow too, because it just takes a long time um, to be done. And uh, so I'd like to sort of like start building some of that up. Um, I think those are really interesting beverages. Uh, but I do kind of think it's never going to be like the main focus sure. here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems like you like to, you know, again, make a product, get a result, test it, tweak it, do it again. And when you're got things sitting in barrels, it's, you know, Katie doesn't have the patience for that. <laughs> it's just like a long turnaround time. Like, yeah. um, so I, I, I am super interested in like, um, I used to work at, uh, a mixed fermentation cidery. So everything we had was on a pretty like long turn. Yeah. Um, uh, and what I really liked about that place was every, pretty much everything was a blend. Um, so um, you just were kind of like making stock and then uh, be like, okay, like we're going to taste a bunch of stuff and put together a blend. So if anything, I think I'm approaching at least the mixed firm stuff. We don't have space for tons and tons of barrels, but um, in my mind, I don't necessarily view like, okay, this one barrel is going to be this thing and yeah. um, we'll see when it's done. But uh, I sort of am viewing it as like getting some stuff started and then seeing how it turns out. And yeah. Open there. Having the option to play around. Yeah. Another ingredient. <laughs> I love it. That's so yeah. cool. I'm super excited to see what y'all do this year. I'm excited to see you soon. I'm going to try to get out here in January, February. Awesome. Just all depending on whether I just can't make it on drive when it's like icy out and the 18 wheelers are driving nine. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's also, I need to, you know, even for, as you're mentioning, you know, you have a plan and, you know, I always have, I feel like I put too much on my plan and I don't allow time to decompress or to noodle and think. Um, and then something blows up and you're like, okay, complete detour, you know. So I need to work on personally, like, having less on my calendar, giving me more time to think, um, spending more, you know, intimate time with people. So, you know, one day at a time. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, I appreciate you coming on here. We're about time. I want you to get back to work. Um, but where can we find more about Kevin Brewing? Um, as I said earlier, we're most active on Instagram. Okay. Um, we do also, the Instagram is coven.brewing. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well. Usually a little less active, but all our posts get shared there as well. Um, we try to make sure we get to the messages on there. Um, Facebook's just Coven Brewing. Okay. Um, our website, try to keep that up to date as well. Um, and via our website, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. Okay. That's going to be covenbrewingpgh.com. Okay. Um, those are probably the main three. Um, outside of that, if you want to come by for a drink, we're right in Lawrenceville. Uh, we're not always both here, but a lot of times we are. And if we aren't, uh, Matt and Andrew are here. They share pretty big passion for this project as well. And they're very versed on it. So they are more than adequately capable of answering any questions. Love it. Awesome. Well, hey, I appreciate your time. Have great playlists. Great yeah. playlists. Yeah. They're the music curators yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, you got a cozy place. So everybody, I do urge you to get out there. Have a couple beers and uh, taste the experience of the, uh, the Coven Brewing crew. So, but happy New Year. I appreciate y'all.
You too. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Cheers. thank you. Take care. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. That'll help us get found by other fantastic people like yourself. I don't monetize this, so all I ask is that if you like it, share it with someone else who might like it. Connect with me on Instagram at Beer Mighty Things Podcast. Catch you all next time. Cheers and Beer Mighty Things.